0: Hello there, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman, and you're listening to Exploring Different Brains. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Today we have the honor of interviewing Becca Laurie, herself who has Asperger's, and she is the leader of the organization you're going to learn about today called GRASP. Becca, Welcome.
1: Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here.
0: Now I want to ask you this. I'm going to read from this. The grass vision statement says you are helping individuals become, and I quote, self-determined, respected, valued, and fairly represented. Would you say you have personally reached those goals? And if so, what were your biggest roadblocks?
1: Um, I would say for myself, as somebody who's always had a loud voice with a theater background, I have zero problems (laughs) inserting my opinions to everything. And so I've done most of those things for myself. Do I feel that it's done for the community and that it's finished for the community? No. Do I feel that the, that grasp is working its way towards making that a possibility? Yes. But much of that, like I said, is a learned, like that was a learned skill that she had to say that she's overwhelmed. A lot of it is teaching people that they have value and teaching them to be self-determined and teaching them because those, the Aspie brain, and the autistic brain really, because I, I loved that we became autism spectrum disorder and that I could call the nonverbal people on the spectrum and the people who we call low functioning, which is a, not something that I like either. Um, I could call them my brothers and sisters that they were, they were part of my community as well. I think it's fantastic that we're all together. It makes our numbers stronger. It makes our voice louder. Um, so I don't call myself an Aspie anymore. I usually say I'm autistic because I want people to understand that I respect those other autistics as much as I do myself. Um, so I don't think we're quite there, but without teaching people how to do that. Well, you know, it, where it some happen. of your
0: brothers and sisters Mm-hmm. would vehemently object to mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the DSM-5
1: uh, of course they lumping do, yeah. it
0: together. Um, and I
1: think I had written an article about that, actually, because um, I am of the opinion, and this is my personal opinion, it has nothing to do with Grasp or anybody else, I am of the personal opinion that that's a foolish thing to be, a foolish tree to be climbing, basically. It's... Um, when you look back at history and you look back at the civil rights movement and then you look at the LGBT community and you watch how they got themselves their rights and their voices heard and the stigma reduced and all of those things, they, they essentially the same path was followed. And what it meant was that lighter skinned black people did not dismiss darker skinned black people and that the lesbians didn't dismiss the gay men. They became a community. And to me, that's exactly what be, being able to say we're an ASD community does. I get to say, I have Asperger's, but that's just part of the spectrum.
0: Well, I, you see, what we're trying to do with different brains is even go a step further. To mm-hmm. say, look, none of these things exist in isolation. If you've Correct. got Asperger's, you've also got anxiety. You may mm-hmm. have PTSD. One in 13 Americans have that. Sure. You may have ADHD. You may you know, you can name all the initials you want. You may not also, and and that we're all on a giant spectrum, not just an autism spectrum. All right. We're on, and then when you start throwing in bipolar, schizophrenia, because more and more we're finding, the wiring in the brain is actually physically shown on studies different. And the good part is. That we can now show there is neuroplasticity, where we can rewire the brain through such simple things, also as proper diet, exercise, and so on and so forth, as well as yes. behavior and, and you know many others. And
1: I, I completely agree with you. The one thing that I usually try when I'm giving when I do a public speaking engagement is to remind people that when we talk, when we you, if you want to use the CDC numbers and say one in 88 people is on the spectrum, that means if you're sitting in a room of a hundred people, someone in there has it, like that's it. You're talking about one, in right? It's not, we're not talking about something that people can't visually see when they're having a presentation, but on top of it, you also get to say, well, there's a reason I say I'm on the spectrum because I'm on the spectrum. It exists. And if there wasn't an off the spectrum, there wouldn't be an on the spectrum. So if we stopped saying that, then we'd all admit because even people who are technically not on the spectrum are still
0: part of the spectrum. But you know, right now, it's kind of like being gay 50 years ago, you stay in the closet, yeah. it's much safer, no stigma. Mm-hmm. You can pass for neurotypical. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, why fight it? But this is a trend now. I think it's so positive. And I think that as with many things, the women are going to have to really lead it. Well,
1: I think it would be really phenomenal to be able to do that. I think our, I think the goal is not that you want to hide it, but that you want to learn to function with it, it's because really having a spectrum brain just means that you filter the world differently. You intake information differently. Your brain filters that information differently and you process it differently. It doesn't mean you're not human. It doesn't mean that you don't have faults. It doesn't mean that you, you know, aren't really good at some things too. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. I mean, you're a person, but you're also a person who has a brain that's different. And that doesn't make it anything wrong. But what I love about it is... That the women on the spectrum, because we've learned to kind of pass, um, we get to have this experience where you're talking to somebody and you're having a conversation. You've decided to not lead with your aspie foot, I always say. I don't lead with my aspie foot all the time. You go to a networking event or you go to a cocktail party or you go to a family event. Oh, how are you? Right here are the general questions. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. No one actually cares about your answer. That's a neurotypical thing. They hug you. I don't even know you. That's great. Why are you touching me? Another neurotypical thing that I don't understand. (laughs) Um, And then the first thing people say to you is, well, what do you do for a living? And then I get to explain, well, I work for an organization called Grasp. It's a nonprofit that supports adults on the spectrum with education and programming. uh, And we do support groups. Um, and you know, I work with that all day and we're hoping to be able to make the world more comfortable for people on the spectrum. And then some, some, and this most literally happened to me. And I tell this story often because it's hilarious to me. (laughs) This one woman just, you know, she did the lean in and the arm on the shoulder. And she said, that's so amazing. You do such good work. How do you talk to those people all day? And I said, oh, I said, well, we've been talking for 20 minutes, right? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, how was it to talk to me for 20 minutes?
0: Oh, you're different. And it's this <laughs> moment of like,
1: oh, my God. Oh, but you don't look like you have autism. And I said, oh, that's so fascinating. What does autism look like? Like, you know, and it's, it's like, oh, well, when you start to create the challenges and the conversations, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not this thing. You're not going to see it. And most of my challenges are not things that people can see. And so they would never know. And I really don't want to go to a cocktail party where you don't care how I actually am and tell you anything. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know, I that information is reserved where it can be educated. It can be educational and it can be useful to people. Otherwise, go have your glass of wine and your crackers and cheese and I'm going to say hi to the person's cat. And then I'm going to say, oh, it's nice to see you. I have to go now and I'm going to leave. And <laughs> that's it. Um, but you know, that's sort of all of those little coping mechanisms, all of those little learned things, somebody, I either learned them because I made the mistake enough to say, that's not working. Let me try something else. Or I had somebody literally teach it to me because my social brain does not just absorb the social information. I need it to be taught to me the way everyone is taught algebra. So it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, is this socially appropriate? I never knew for years. For years. What are you supposed to wear to a certain event? So I would always have to check in with my mom. I needed a neurotypical in my life. If I didn't have one, I would have no idea what I was doing. So I would say, like, is this a, like, wear a skirt and heels event, or can I get away with pants and shoes, or can I get away with, even, like, jeans and a nice sweater? Like, how fancy is this event? That's not something I would ever know. Um, I happen to be wearing a blue shirt today, but the most of the time I wear black, not because I'm trying to make some kind of goth statement, but because black matches everything, and then I don't screw up and walk out and look like a clown. <laughs> um I mean, there's little things that I do just to make my life easier.
0: I want anyone who's taking this information in to know how to find you and where they can learn more.
1: Um, Well, most of the time you can find me in front of my computer busting my behind for grasp. So you can go to www.grasp.org. And you can probably find me through there. We're currently actually redoing our website. So we're in construction on it at the moment because I was unhappy with <laughs> some things. Um, and we're kind of updating ourselves. And then um, the other way that people can find me, um, if you email info at grasp.org, the email will make its way eventually to me. We kind of, we get, they all go there and then they get to the individual. Um, I do have a Facebook. It is me. Sometimes you're going to catch me on a day that it's me and I'm posting about my cats or some cat meme that is funny to me, (laughs) or I'm just saying, today sucked. Today I went to the supermarket and I hate the supermarket and it sucked and that's so be it. And other times I'm really, most of the time I'm posting really well vetted articles. I'm very involved in the research contingent piece of what's going on in the community right now. I think research is skewed towards men and boys and there's a reason it's skewed towards men and boys and it is not the fault of the researchers. Um, And I'd really like to see, because I know the women want to participate, so I'd like to see some research moving towards female focused or at least any gender research, not just male gender research. and I think our numbers would probably change. I think instead of getting that one in four number we get all the time, I think we'd probably get more of a 50-50 at that point if the, if we were able to collect the data. Um, and it's sort of just saying like, yeah, no, we, we need women-specific research. And so I've been really working that way.
0: What is the makeup of your organization and of the participants that you get? Is there a a breakdown by gender or no?
1: No, we don't. I mean, we take it for data information. I mean, we, it's part of your sign-up form, so we know kind of what it is. Um, what, but is, in it? What, is what is it? What is it uh It's 18 plus. is really the, the, that's it. 18 plus, and if you, we help parents, we help educators, we help adults on the spectrum of either gender, any age. We're starting to work down a little bit further to the younger adults because I'm, we're all finding out that if we don't start giving our younger adults independent living skills earlier, by the time they get to be an adult age and they get kicked out of the system, they don't know what they're doing. So we're trying to get into that a little bit. Um, that's really a fine line you walk a there because
0: that, that's really a fine line you walk there in the sense that we have inadvertently through our great intentions, discriminated against adults is always about the children, but the children all become adults. And as a result, the adults many times had nowhere to turn. But now, of course, we find that, of course, the earlier the intervention, the better. But, of course, when it comes to independent living, financial literacy, employment, Exactly. All these, quote, adult things, we have to start it much earlier, too.
1: We do. And we also I mean, I think that's a general population thing. I think lots of kids should not go to college without learning how to do their laundry. Um, but it's a different learning style to teach it to someone on the spectrum. <laughs> However, I also am just I'm I'm actually thinking that right now is the time we're sitting at what I call the apex of a situation. We had, it came into the system about 1994, Asperger's hit the books. So we had a bunch of people who got diagnosed around the early nineties as young children. And we started providing support. So they grew up with their knowledge of their diagnosis and supports throughout their life. Then you have the people that found out as adults and never had supports who were sitting out there on the spectrum and what's happening now is that our colleges and our employment centers, where people are going to get their very first jobs, or they're going to, um, they're getting kicked out of their pediatrician and they're ready for an adult doctor. And they you know, all of those those kids that were young children in, 19, in the 90s are now sitting, and our adult population is huge because those kids were diagnosed. And I always say it, and I will say it again. Autism will not kill you. It is not a disease that will kill you. You're not gonna die from your autism. You're gonna die from something else, but you're not gonna die from your autism. So you will become an autistic adult. Um, and so it's, it's not a childhood disorder anymore. We don't think of it that way. Um, some people get stuck, and it's still a little bit stuck being a male disorder, more so than being a childhood disorder, but it's starting to be more understood. And I think that's really the platform we need to come from, is that, you know, we always say assume competency. That's what Kate Palmer and I always say. Assume competency. Assume that someone can do this thing. Let them try. If they are not competent, teach them how. And it's that simple.
0: Becca Laurie, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. But before we wrap up, as you are the director of GRASP, and you've been so chock full of real Asper tools all of our audience can use, especially, of course, our female audience, what is one important central piece of advice you could give to the female Aspies and everyone else who's listening here? Direct from you, Becca Lori, to them here at differentbrains.com.
1: It's going to sound very simple, but it's one of the most difficult things for almost everybody to do. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's it. If you're struggling, if you're feeling challenged, if you don't know what to do about something, don't sit there and worry about it and try to figure it out by yourself. Just say, this is hard for me. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Because only intelligent people ask for help. And I think if women in general gave themselves the value to say, I deserve to do this right, and I deserve your attention, but also people on the spectrum, we've been treated as children for many of our lives. Um, A lot of us have been ashamed of the fact that we didn't know how to do something that may be very basic to everybody else. So our voices got silenced. And the beginning piece to self-advocacy and independence is learning to ask for help. So that's what I would say.
0: Tremendous! And on that note, we're going to close up. Becca Laurie, thank you so much for being our guest today here at Exploring Different Brains.
1: Thank you very much, Haki. It was my pleasure.
0: For more information, visit us at differentbrains.com.